in a world full of straight people. Aren't you glad there's WOW Presents Plus, the number one place in the world to see Drag Race? And so much more. Subscribe to WOW Presents Plus. Still only $4.99. Subscribe today as streamed on TV. Start your engines and join me in the new mobile game, RuPaul's Drag Race Superstar. May the best superstar win. Available now. Matthew. David. Oh, Hi. my God. It's just the two of us. We can make it if we try. It's a family show. It's a goddamn family just affair. Us. It's been so mm. long since we did this. I, I, I don't even know that we've caught up. It's February 1st, and I don't think we've caught up properly even about like our holidays. No, I don't think that we have. How were your holidays? Oh, man. We start there. They were great. I, uh, you know, we went to Hawaii right before Christmas. Sure. Wonderful time there. Got back immediately. Basically, went immediately to the shelter. I had I had doggy fever. Yeah, leading up to Christmas so badly. And while we were on vacation, I was like, I, I'm. I don't think I can get through Christmas without a a dog. We have to so yeah. let's foster. Let's. I right. was talking to. Um, some friends at uh, a uh, rescue organization called Real Good Dog Rescue, and mm-hmm. we, you know, they agreed to help us. Basically, we were going to bail a dog out of the shelter together, and Michael and I would sign on to be the fosters. So they would, of course, handle like all of the you know paperwork and logistics, and we are only committing to help the dog find a forever home. So it just helps with the transition a little bit. You know, we lost sure. Lincoln only a few months ago. Um, so we are communicating in Hawaii. We get, they send us an Instagram video of a, you know, one of those sort of manipulative, manipulatively edited videos of a dog in the shelter, beautiful senior pit bull. I'm like, great. This is our girl. Christmas Eve, we go to West LA shelter. We meet one of the women from the rescue in front of the shelter, walk up so excited to get our dog. And she's like, hey, um, she just got adopted. I'm like, well, that's great. Happy for the people who got her question mark. But that that was my dog. What this, this, you know, I was sad. She's like, do you want to meet some dogs while you're here? I'm like, sure, but we're probably not going to take one because that was my dog. Anyway, long story short, we meet a guy named Tugboat. He's a perfect little bowl of mashed potatoes. We bring him home. We foster him for a while. We've already officially adopted him. Mm-hmm. That's the story. It was meant to be. Cup, couple of items. Can't help but notice the similarity to the final episode of Sex in the City. Which we just happened to have seen last night on E. It's what? Charlotte and uh, Evan Handler are look ha- have come close to adopting a child from I uh-huh. think the first 
Becky from Roseanne. Uh-huh. And then that girl and the baby's father come to New York. They reveal <sighs> that they are in fact not ready to yes. uh, to give up their child. And then a, a final, a, a series finale miracle happens in that a baby from China becomes available. And Charlotte says immediately, that's our baby. That's our, and that's our baby. Even Finbar and there's felt your it baby. very strongly. There's my baby. Uh, yeah, that just happened to have been on uh, on E last night. We were uh, coming home, needed to unwind a bit, and there was you know the last couple episodes of Sex and City. Anyway, uh, also wow, that's uh, I had forgotten that episode, and I appreciate the little. Re- this almost feels like a you know, and just like Matt hybrid episode. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's uh, you know viral marketing that we're doing. Um, also, tugboat happens to be the name of the incredible fluffy pit, who is the dog of our fabulous producer renee yes i know when they introduced him as tugboat in the shelter and we started falling in love with him i was like do we need to change his name out of respect to the original tugboat for yeah. first of all how how could there possibly be two in our world but it was unusual. Um, yeah but because we were the fosters the rescue organization was like you know, if we are going to be the ones marketing this dog and trying to find it forever home, that's a pretty cute name. I kind of want to keep it. And we're like, okay. And the truth is, he's such a tugboat. He's yeah. got short, stubby little legs and he, you know, tugboats across the rug. And yeah, I did talk to Renee about it and she has given it her, her blessing. So, well, I mean, how could she have two tugboats? I love it. Yeah. I love it. I can't wait to meet this little fellow. And how I can't old- wait for you to meet him. How old, well, roughly? that from they they told us ten, but that was their guess, and he's got a real, a lot of energy, real puppy vibe. So, hmm. truly, have no idea. Okay, but he's not growing. He is not growing. I, well, I hope not. Okay. Okay. God, wouldn't that be? But since you have the twist of of a lifetime, he's you actually get, not only not a senior dog, he is a an actual puppy. In fact, still growing. You get a Clifford yeah. the Big Red Dog vibe. Um, well, welcome, Tugboat. I am, I can't wait to meet him. I simply cannot wait. I can't wait to to show him off to you. How were you? Mm. How were your holidays? What's going holidays on? Holidays were good. Holidays were good. Holidays were good. I went back to, uh, well, I went to New York for a few days for like the Esquire holiday party and just to kind of mm-hmm. say hello to a couple of people. Didn't. Didn't see any shows, basically just sort of, you know, roamed with the city and, uh, you know, had snacks and drinks and, you know, caught up with people, but it was great. And I got, you know, it got to like, I got to get some of the, uh, some of the energy out before going to my hometown of St. Louis, mm. you know, uh, which at Christmas, time, I, you know, I love St. Louis. I love my family. Christmas time is stressful for no reason. You know, like it's, it's one of those yeah. things where it's, you know, I've got a mother who's constantly trying to make it special, but doesn't need to. And it's just, it's, you know, there's, there's tension. What I will say is, uh, so my mom took a spell a couple, couple months ago. Um, she's healing up beautifully, but for a time she had to have, um, a live-in nurse, which, you know, is invasive and intrusive and, and, you know, difficult when you're used to living by yourself. You know, you have somebody mm-hmm. kind of with an eye on you at all times. This nurse was fantastic. Um, I, they got along extremely well, but it's still, you know, it's it's still difficult. But the thing about that was 
that would have been my bedroom where this living nurse was uh. living. So I couldn't stay with my mother. And so I had to get an Airbnb. And I did. I got an Airbnb around Tower Grove Park in St. Louis. It's this great kind of what I consider sort of like a newish neighborhood, but it's not. It's like it's, a, it's where my father grew up. It's it's you know historic and great old architecture, and and it was a side of the city that I don't get to see too often. I had my mm. own space. Um, I had a lot of work to do while I was there, so I got to like you know kind of have my own little office and not worry about being anywhere. It was that sounds great. If you can, yeah, if you can be in your hometown in like an apartment that's not yours, it's kind of ideal. It's kind of ideal. And you did. You also got to dodge the the issue of like offending your mother for not staying in her house because exactly. it just wasn't which was wasn't, wasn't an option. Wasn't possible. It's it wasn't out of your an hands. It's out of my hands. Both brothers said you can stay with us. I, you know, I don't. I don't want to be underfoot. I don't want to be, you know, I don't want to be in anybody else's space. I thought, let, let me, let me establish my own space. Uh, and I did, and I loved it. And so now, you know, of course I like looked at places and I'm getting Zillow alerts and it's driving me nuts, but it was, it was great. It was a, it was a lovely time. New Year's Eve. What even happened? Oh, um, John Butler was in town. Uh, Andrew nice. Scott was in town. We uh, uh, we went to Akbar, uh, rung in the new year on the dance floor. Uh, you know, shoulder to shoulder, the the youth of Silver Lake just bellowing, uh, "Wake me up before you go go." None of us got uh, got COVID, which is uh, a Christmas miracle. It was uh, it was great. Rung in the new year beautifully. January was long. But now we're, now we're good. Now it's in February. It's things we've turned over. And my year begins in February, and it's off to a grand start. Um, I guess mine does too, because true everything. I'm thinking back to New Year's Eve, and I'm like, well, that was last weekend. So yes, the yeah. new year is beginning, and yeah, here we are. I don't remember it ever flying by quite like this. Yeah. So here's something that I didn't know. Okay. So. I told you uh, back in October, Ben and I both got our catalytic converters stolen. Right? Oh yeah, um, right out of the driveway in the middle of the mm-hmm. night. Ring camera didn't catch anything. Extremely frustrating. So that happened, and and then I had to go to New York for the marathon. Like you know, a week later, and I was like, I'm not going to get it fixed. I don't feel like spending the money. And then I got back, and I got sick, and then you know, I healed from that. And then it was you know, holiday travel time, and. Whatever it was, there were a lot of reasons why I just never got the car fixed. And I rode yeah. my bike everywhere, which, by the way, you can do that. You actually can live in Los Angeles. I mean, not you, know, you can live eighty percent in Los Angeles without a car. So I did that. I like I know all the safest bike lanes. I like you know whatever. I'm 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 good at getting around the city on a bike now. But now it's you know mid January. It is time for me to have a car again. So I. Got the catalytic converter replaced. While the car was not in use, my registration expired. Oh, and again, God. I was like, I'll just deal with all of this at the same time. So uh, so I go to Renew, got to get the smog check. So oh, I go to the smog check place and and the guy, like, the guy runs the tests and it doesn't pass. And he's like, oh, you just got a new catalytic converter, like whatever. He plugged it in and there's a, like the readout said that I got a new catalytic converter. He's like, oh, you didn't, um, you got to drive 150 miles at all varying speeds 
so before the car registers the new catalytic converter as though it were like a human body accepting a new kidney like you you have to get it up and wow. on its feet and the the car needs to accept it so uh so he like didn't charge me he was like you know come it just do this he printed out directions uh for what i what i have to do and sent me on my way i'm gonna read through these directions. Here's what you have. To, okay, so just if if you're in Los Angeles and you have a Prius or a Honda something, and they have the catalytic converter with the the platinum in them, just make sure your registration is up to date. Okay, so here's okay. So you got to first of all uh, fill your tank up to like seventy percent because you don't want to overfill it. Um, okay. I don't know why, but then you also like you have to do all of these things before you have to refill your tank because that resets everything. So get yourself up to 70% is step one. Step two, the cold start. Okay, start the vehicle, let it idle for three minutes in park or neutral. While it's idling, turn on the headlights, turn on the heater, turn on the defroster, and turn on the rear defroster for three to five minutes. Oh my God. Let that go. Then, okay, then put it in gear, drive through city city streets at about 25 miles an hour. Then, once you've done that for a few miles is all the direction you get there, then go up to about 35 or 40 a few times before slowing down to stop. Jesus. Through the stop, be sure the car is really stopped, just like you learned in driving school. Accelerate from each stop in a normal fashion, not overly conservative, but not like you're competing in a drag race either. So you got to do that for a few miles. Then, step three, a short freeway trip. Okay. So after you've cold started, after you've driven for a few miles on city streets, take out uh, on a, tra- a freeway trip. Enter the freeway on ramp and allow enough room with respect to other vehicles so that you can do a uh, half to three quarters throttle acceleration up to freeway speed. I don't know what that means. When you have accelerated up to around 60 miles an hour and have safely merged into the flow of traffic, stay in the slow lane and maintain a speed of between 55 to 60 miles an hour for a minimum of 10 miles. Now, how the fuck are you supposed to do that in Los Angeles? How have you ever been able, I mean, first of all, you gotta like keep your eye on the, it's like speed, but then also like you're 10 miles on any freeway in Los Angeles. I tried it on a Saturday morning, couldn't do it. I got like eight miles, hit traffic. And then that's when I was like, I'm gonna go, I'm gonna drop this thing off at your house. So I tried it again. Went through there, hit, you know, got to nine miles. There was construction. Dropped the thing off, went to go back, made it about nine miles. I was like, this is it. Finally, I'm in the clear. I get to check this one off. Everything stops. There's a mattress in the middle of the 134. Jesus Christ. So I still haven't done 10 miles. Okay, so then you do that. After you've completed the freeway trip, step four is more city driving. Uh, You got to repeat. Step two, do the 35 to 40, then go to 25 and then stop, and then go back. Okay, it's, and then after all of this, you're supposed to pull into, you can never turn the car. You got to pull into a parking space, let the engine idle for two minutes, and then shut it off. So you have to do a variety of those things for 150 miles. And the guy was like, you really have to do it exactly this way, because if you don't, then you can't, then those miles don't count towards your 150. So I'm now at like 110 miles, and I don't know if I'm ever going to get my fucking registration. Oh renewed. my god! It's the biggest and craziest nightmare. 
truly shocking. And were those directions that you read, was that, the, did the mechanic print those out or are these like from yeah. Prius corporate? I think, well, yeah, I think it's it's from, you know, the, the California Department of Motor Vehicles. Um, you know, I think he's made it more conversational. He's put it into his own words, but yeah, that's, that is official. I'm I think he, I think his version is like the most efficient way to like get those 150 miles so that you can, I don't know. I just don't know. You I know, move I, back to New York. I, this is going to be what does it. I, what choice do you have at this point? You, 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 I mean, you have to go on a road trip. You do have to leave town. I guess so. Yeah, I guess so. You got to go to like Chatsworth or something. I don't even know what that is. Yeah, I don't either. You said something about Simi Valley the other day. This must yeah. be why. Well, you Simi Valley. Wreck- uh, no, Simi Valley is where Sean DeLear, uh grew up. It's where the uh, the the diaries of Sean DeLear <gasps> were written in 1979. Oh, I see. That's the oh, Simi we're going Valley to, that, youth. I I got it. Okay, that is the yeah, book yeah, yeah. that you gave me for my my birthday that I'm very mm-hmm. excited to read. You know, it's oh weird we're having this conversation because I went away to La Quinta with a bunch of girlfriends as sort of a birthday trip, and my friend Laura isn't one to like ever leave her dog at home hard to get her like on a, on a trip like that. And sort of last minute she was like, guys, guess what? I can come after all. And I was like, Oh, I'm very excited of course, but I'm so surprised she shows up. She does not drive a Prius. She drives a, I think mini Cooper or something like that. Uh And it sort of came out over the course of the weekend that she's having a similar problem. It wasn't her cat, but like it wasn't her catalyst, but like basically to pass her smog test, she needed to rack up a certain number of freeway miles. And I was like, mm-hmm. Oh, that's why you came to La Quinta because yeah. you needed to. Yeah. Yeah. It was an assignment. Um, and in the meantime, I'm like driving around on expired tags. Turns out nobody cares. I haven't been pulled over. I have parked on, on in metered spots. I haven't gotten a ticket. Oh, wow. uh, so who knows? I, I guess I don't know. The 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 chips have have bigger fish to fry. Anyway, that's be careful. With I, I used to be very careful. I I God, I used to drive around with the the most expired out. Just everything was gone. I I, ba- mm-hmm. I barely had insurance. My registration was always like I was such a fucking train wreck. Don't but I remember it. just the constant fear that I was going to be like arrested that my, my car was going to be towed. I wasn't going to be able to afford to get it out, whatever. Obviously you're not just a little dirt bag. Like I was, you are, oh, you, well, your hands are tied I'm, here. I'm barely out of that phase. I was exactly the same way when I moved to, uh, to LA because I guess my experience with tickets was like in college where it's yeah. like, you know, you get a ticket cause you parked, you know, somewhere you shouldn't, and you ignore it, and then it's like, then you gotta go to the bursar's office before you get your diploma or whatever. And it's like the whatever, who cares? Um, so I got I got tickets left and right uh, when I first moved to LA, and I was just like, well, I'll just you know, I don't know, I'll pay them at some point, and I never did. I got uh, I got uh, a boot on my car once, uh, and yeah. I uh, st- I um, I don't know if I told you this story, but. Um, Okay. So I'd been in LA for maybe like two years, right? And uh and I had a new agent and I had a new manager and and I was starting to, you know, like there were 
good meetings were coming in and whatever. And my manager called me and was like, NBC wants to meet with you right now. Um, Whoa. They, there's a new show that you're perfect for and they need you to get to whatever, get, get to NBC right now. And I was like, oh my God. And, and I had, I'd been maybe doing improv for like six months. So I was like, well, it's gotten around town that I'm hilarious. So yeah. that's why I'm like perfect for this. And, uh, and so I went and it was, it was truly, it was just like, get there today. And, uh, and I went and, and I had like, I had coffee with this guy and then I went into, and, and he was like, God, you're, you're perfect for the show. We can't tell you what it is, but it's, you're perfect for it. And, um, and then that guy t- took me to meet his boss and that guy was like, Oh my God, you're so perfect for this thing. Like it's, you know, there's an offer out to uh, a name, but it doesn't, we're not sure whether that name is going to say yes. And we're ready to go. It, it, and by the way, this is all in the wake of like Joe Millionaire. So it's like a big mm. dating show. It's a big network dating show. And, uh, and so, so they were like, you're definitely like, be ready to go, be ready to move into the, you know, mansion in Calabasas or whatever it was. And, uh, and I was like, fuck yeah, this is great. This is it. I'm off and running. Right. And, uh, and then I found out like a, a few days later, kind of like through my manager or somebody that like the, the name was Kathy Griffin. And I was like, oh, okay, well, that's great. Like she, we're both, you know, just off the cuff, hilarious. This is, gonna, this is perfect. She probably won't do it. Anyway, week after that, I find out Kathy Griffin has said yes. Month after that, I, uh, am in my apartment on Detroit street watching passions and mm-hmm. uh a promo comes on for a new NBC dating show with Kathy Griffin and and I look at the what it is and it, it like goes through the whole like the beats of what the show is going to be the show was called Average Joe and if you uh-huh. remember the uh the premise of Average Joe was like it was it was supposed to be like the bachelorette but the twist was that all the guys were kind of fat and ugly and and then and i remembered like the people at nbc being like oh my god you're so perfect you're so perfect for this show and i was no, like no, oh no no no, no, no they no. don't think i'm funny they just i'm just a fat and ugly guy and i and i, I remember uh, this is not an exaggeration i like went to the window just to like take it in, just to breathe and feel the sun on my face and just be like okay this is a little embarrassing but it's all right i'm still new here and i did that and as I stood there feeling the sun on my face, I watched the tow truck with my car <laughs> past my window oh, no. down Detroit Street because I hadn't paid my tickets again and my car got impounded. Uh, oh, so, Jesus God. Yeah. Wait, you so was, think that they wanted you to be not the host, but just one of the contestants? No, no, no. To be the host. To be the host. <sighs> Oh, oh, but oh, that was you, like that you was my hook. That you, yeah, you you looked like an average Joe in your mind. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that was yeah. no, 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 Dave. That's no, no, just that was crazy exactly. Talk. The, no, that was exactly exactly what but it was. Kathy Griffin doesn't look like one of them, and it was well, between you but, and her. Listen, but Kathy Griffin brings you know a whole other set of skills to the table. Saw her actually recently at a party for uh, mm. Taylor Lorenz. Do you know her? Um, mm-hmm. She's kind of the internet reporter. Um, okay. she has a book out called extremely online and, uh, and I'm friendly with her and she, uh, she had a little launch party. Kathy Griffin was there, um, wow. and forced a, uh, a Q and a with, uh, with Taylor during the party, which was not supposed to happen, but she was just, she like banged on her glass and was like, everybody gather around. And yeah, she, uh, 
yeah, that she, she hosted. What Kathy Griffin does. She did host that uh, Q and A. Yeah. Oh, she's God. back. She's back, baby. Why does she, need, she doesn't need to host everything. Ah, uh, well, actually, these days she might. Uh, anywho, so yeah, that was all of that was my uh, LA car drama, but I, I think we've rounded a corner. I don't know. What a journey you've rounded. What a journey. Many many corners since then. How has your cultural 2024 been so far? Oh my God, I should have thought of this before we jumped on. I mean, yes, you should have. It's hard because. Over the holidays and into the new year, we were in such a deep Sopranos hole. We were doing oh. a full Sopranos watch, had never done it before. Did you watch then or ever? Yeah. Yeah. I was um yeah, I don't I don't um I don't think I like watched every episode, but I was yeah, I was in. Yeah, I think uh, like based for on some your, middle your seasons and then I'm, the last season. Okay, yeah, that's because uh, normally it's either no, I didn't, wasn't for me, or usually it's like, of course, oh God, it's oh yeah, you know, it's my whole yeah, identity. Yeah, yeah. Um, so that was really that really like ate up a lot of our time. So now, I don't know what's happening now. Um, we're we watched the Bear, both seasons of the Bear. We talked about uh-huh. that on the podcast yeah. recently. Loved that so much. Um, 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 oh fuck, I don't know. What about you? Uh, let's see. Well, I have not, I have not taken the dive into it yet, but I did read the Truman Capote short story that ran in Esquire in 1975 that destroyed Uh his relationship with all of those women, which is the backstory, or I guess the front story of, uh, Capote versus the Swans, the new season of Feud, which I think premiered last night. I'm very excited to tear into that. Uh, the story itself is of course- uh, did you read it? No, I, I'm vaguely okay. familiar. But okay, yeah. um, one of my former coworkers uh, posted it today, and and it, he um, uh, Truman Capote at the time got paid twenty five hundred dollars for that story, which was a lot at the time, and in today's money is like two hundred forty six thousand dollars. So damn, that was or was it twenty five thousand? Whatever. He got paid a lot of money uh, to uh, for that story, and it just cost him. Um, his entire social life. The story itself is really fascinating. Like some people are just named outright. Some people are, you know, it, it, there's a, mm-hmm. uh, a a pseudonym, but you can kind of tell who it is. It's uh, there's a story about Cole Porter that I want to be its own uh, full length feature film. Yeah, I don't uh, know that it's part great. of the story. Okay, well, it's on the front page of Esquire.com right now. Oh, um, yeah, that's I'm delighted with uh let's i um have not gone to see any oscar films i have you you know our our typical thing you know especially when friends are in town as friends have been in town is just to find an old episode of solid gold and let that be the thing that we watch of course we're doing a lot of that and this year i will say so far is shaping up to be a great year for music um, there is a new, yeah, what are your recs? Holy fuck. Um, there's new music from a band called Omni who I really like, who sounds, uh, a lot like the band television. Okay. And I would say like, it's like television plus something, but it's not, they kind of just sound exactly like television, but that's fine. Uh, for me, um, there is new music from the band real estate who, uh, are like, it sounds like their music sounds like an autumn day in, uh, in new England. Uh, they have uh, an album coming nice out in a, a month or two, but two songs from it have been uh, released. 
Uh, and oh, there is a band called Bodega from Brooklyn who I have liked for a while, and they have a new album coming out this month or next month. But the first single is called Tartofsky, and I love it. I can't stop listening to it. It's got a fun shout-along chorus. I'm uh, I'm all the way here for it. I'll make a little playlist, listener. Make a playlist. Follow me on, uh, on I- Spotify and Apple Music. I just went to my Apple Music to see if I had added any anything worth mentioning, and of course I have not. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. I did add. I haven't listened to it, but I added the the soundtrack to the new Mean Girls. And I, oh. I mean, you know, I I see like every movie now. But uh, I saw that with a bunch of friends. Yeah, I was the only one who liked it. Okay, but I had a great time in it. Love the cast. Love this. I'd never I've never seen or heard the musical before, but mm-hmm. love the songs. Okay. Didn't feel like I don't I don't have the same sort of like um I don't know gar- guardianship gar- ga- what is it called gatekeeping around gatekeeping. um around the original like obviously it's a great movie but it's not for me it's not like it's not like it's clueless or like um mm-hmm. Ferris Bueller's Day Off or something where it's like don't touch it you know what I mean it's yeah. like it's Mean Girls go ahead touch it all you want touch like it. it's fine um. Why did I bring that up? Oh my god, we went saw it in one of the one of these theaters that's like kind of like uh, stadium st- style seating. So you're in like yeah. a, re- a reclining seat, which is great, but you're you're pretty far apart from the row behind you. Yeah. I bring that up because throughout the movie, there was somebody. I'm going to see if I can find something to be to do my sound effect here. There's somebody. Okay. They're Candy Rapper. Oh, no, no. For uh, un, and I'm talking about an uninterrupted crinkling for the first 45 minutes, and that's not an exaggeration. And there wasn't a wow. pause, and it didn't even seem like they're eating the candy. It was just like an uninterrupted. And I uh, and my friend sitting next to me said, "Like I'm losing my mind because it seems like someone's opening their Amazon packages." behind us and i was like so i finally snap but i can't just turn around and give them a look because of that style seating it's like there's a wall behind you so i have to fully get out of the recliner and stand up so now i'm kind of making a scene to turn around and and scan and there's a full row behind us but there's no question who the person is because i make direct eye contact with him and he just slumped back in his recliner looking directly at me still crinkling Still crinkling, still crinkling. What, I'm looking what's... at him. I go, "What's happening?" <laughs> and he just and it's like it's the, it was he was giving me the strangest look because he wasn't surprised or but he also wasn't like defensive. You know, uh-huh. he was just kind of like it, very neutral, looking at me like, "Yes, I am. I am uh, unceasingly unwrapping this candy wrapper, and that is that that is I correct." And he did seem to kind of pause and I sat back down and then maybe like 10, 15 minutes later, it's, it's happening again and it's really ramped up. And again, oh, I got to no. like get out of my recliner and stand up and I look at him and I go, and I reach f- toward it. I can't, I'm too far away to actually reach it, but I sort of gesture toward the thing and I go, can I help you? Meaning like genuinely, can yeah. I open that? What are you thing trying to get you? out of there? Is there something I can do? And again, Strangest thing, he's just direct eye contact with me, still crinkling, still crinkling. And I just stare at him for a beat until he finally stops. 
And oh, then this? for the last 10 minutes of the movie, he seemed to be sated. Maybe. This was he, this was a plea for a connection. This was Something. this is a human being who needs to connect with another human being by any means necessary. That's not. Yeah. I mean, because what what was it? What was the what was the snack? I, I I couldn't tell. It was it looked like a box of Junior Mints or something. Like it was sort of covered. His yeah, hands were sort of covering it, so I couldn't fully. It, it didn't that make any make a noise. sense. I, it, it it was like you have to be actively like squeezing this thing on purpose to make the noise. It's not just yeah. like oh, it's making a noise because you're eating your candy. It's like it was so. So strange. And I've never, I I mean, all my friends were so shocked that I stood up like that twice. That's so not something I think I would do, but there's movie theater behavior that I don't know. I do. I I, I can, I can snap. Holy cow. Well, listen, you got, you got pushed past your boundaries. I did. That's, I I don't know why I need to know whether it's a sweet or a savory, but I do. I do. I know. And I wish I had that answer. And then afterward, that group left pretty quickly. So we couldn't have any kind of, I was like, am I going to get attacked? Are we going to have words? Is something going to yeah. happen? But there was pretty, pretty anticlimactic ending because okay. I wanted to stay for all the credits because I love the movie. Okay. Yeah. I don't, I also don't have a connection to Mean Girls. I saw it once and I enjoyed it. And, you know, that was that. I, I will say they're, boy, they're really, they're really, I, I, the only word that I can think of is foisting. We, they are foisting Renee Rapp on us. Are they not? I mean, if you see, it feels like she's everywhere. And I, I, the vibe that I get is not great. I mean, I don't, I don't know her. I shouldn't say these things, but I don't, I, I, I don't, I, I've seen her many places in many contexts and I've never been like, there's a fun person to be with, you know? Ha. I don't, I just don't, I don't. I maybe a, that's why she's the perfect Regina George. Maybe. Because you're getting Regina George vibes. I guess. I guess. I don't, yeah, I guess. Oh, let me say this. Uh, the uh, the Netflix uh, We Are the World documentary that dropped oh. a few days ago oh, is fantastic. It's fantastic. Oh my God. Um, it's great footage. From uh, from the recording, uh, it's great stories. It's Huey Lewis. Huey Lewis really emerges oh. as kind of star of the show. It's uh, it, it is it's fantastic. It's just it's I cannot recommend it highly enough. That's I'm so I didn't know that about that. I'm so glad you brought it up because I love that. I mean, obviously love that video, but I, I, I've always wondered how much other footage exists beyond what we know from the video. Obviously enough to oh, fill a documentary. Plenty. Yeah. Hours of footage. Um, hours of footage from uh, from an endless night, apparently. Uh, a, a long, long, long night of recording. And I don't want to spoil anything, but there are some people who don't handle uh, the pressure super well. There Ooh. are some people who, um, uh, who are revealed as uh, deeply racist. There are some oh. people who... Uh, have overserved themselves. Um, it, it's there's much more drama than you can imagine, and it's it's I I just loved it. It and it made me revisit We Are the World, which is not let's be honest, not a great song, but it's, it's yeah. I've I've listened to it a few times since, and I 
can handle it more than ever. How's, I mean, if, if you can tease a bit, how's mm-hmm. MJ coming across? Um, you know, it's interesting. Like he's, he's a big part of it because he, you know, obviously was one of the co-writers, but they mm-hmm. don't, um, it's, it doesn't focus on him. And, and I think that is because Lionel Richie is the other co-writer and he is alive. And, and I think he kind of, you know, it's, it's definitely more his story. And it was, mm-hmm. you know, if you remember the, it all took place on the night that he hosted the American Music Awards. So he like went from that experience right into the recording studio and, you know, was there until, you know, well into the next day. So it's, it's definitely much more about him. And I I think it's, uh, the assumption is that you have heard enough about Michael Jackson. Uh, Uh, so he's there. We have, he's not wrong. Yeah. He's there, but he doesn't, he doesn't get a lot of, uh, a lot of time. Oh, also. Okay. So last night, uh, Dina Martina has been in town. Did you get to see her? Oh, no. Didn't know she was in town. Love. Three nights. The last one was last night, I'm afraid. But uh, three nights at uh, Dynasty Typewriter. Um, all three sold out. Went last night uh, with our with Paige Hurwitz and uh, and Karen Kilgariff and me and Ben. And, uh, and in the last row, Diane Keaton. Oh, <gasps> Diane Keaton. I, how did I get... 37 minutes into this conversation without saying that I was in the same space as Diane Keaton last night. Now, how that happened, what her awareness level. Yeah. How did she end uh, up there? I don't know. I don't know. But yeah, we all sat down one by one. And when each new person came in, it was like, Diane Keaton is like 10 feet away from us. And uh, yeah, she was. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Dina Martina is you know, an abstract experience. Yeah. And I, it's not that I don't think that Diane Keaton could, could, would get it, but yeah, I don't know. I guess I don't, I don't think she would get it. I also don't think that she would get it because I, I, I think it is a very specific, uh, experience for, uh, a very narrow age group. Like I think anyone could yeah. enjoy themselves because it's a really fun show and it's an, you know it's a weird character and all that kind of shit. But like it's the the music is from a very specific sliver of time, and if that's your formative sliver of time, which it is for me, then you experience it on a level that makes you feel as though it was written exactly for you. And you know, I'm not trying to age shame, but Diane Keaton is not in that you know demographic. Right. Right. Uh, but, and I, you know, and I wanted to like turn around and see if she was like laughing or how she was reacting or whatever, but I kind of forgot to because the show is immersive and I lost myself in it. Uh, yeah, of course. everybody, if you have an opportunity to see Dina Martina, this latest show is called Substandards and it's, it's brilliant. It's absolutely brilliant. What yeah, else is that. happening? Sit with that. I'm, I'm, I'm really, I'm really sitting with that. Oh, you know what I want to, I, I just, uh, talked to your friend, Marin Dungey. She was on it just Love like it. that and oh, was asking her about uh, the um, Hotel Cafe show. Yes. That, she, it, yeah. Speak about it. Okay. Uh, it is a semi-regular thing at the Hotel Cafe called Coffee Shop Arena Rock. Uh, our friend Curtis Peoples, who is a singer-songwriter who was sort of in that coterie of Hotel Cafe performers, gets a bunch of them together. Um, your Garrison Star who's been on the mm-hmm. show, your uh, Carrie Brothers, 
handsome singer songwriter man Love, uh, a yeah. few other you know sort of notables from that that scene uh which is a very like gray's anatomy core singer songwriter scene you know it's it's like oh, all of the people description yeah. you know what i mean all of the people whose songs got used in episodes of gray's anatomy have played the hotel cafe and, mm-hmm. and the scene that has built up around it is very much that thing and i don't mean to sound dismissive it's great um but anyway so curtis gets a bunch of those people together and other friends of his and people that he's working with and it's it becomes a it's all covers of 80s and 90s songs and uh and it's it's a ball it's all songs that you want to you know scream along to um ben wise has done the last few he did uh, the go-go's vacation um nice. at this last one which was last saturday um Marin Dungy did uh Rapture. Um and she can belt. Um oh. Carrie Brothers and his wife did Don't You Want Me. Garrison Starr did Eternal Flame by the Bangles oh. in, in a way that like gave me chills. And uh yeah, she's it's great. If you're in the Los Angeles area, coffee shop arena rock every couple of months. Yeah, I hope they do it again soon. I- and I mean, you, I know you're in the audience for something like this. You're supporting yeah. Ben, you're supporting your friends, but uh-huh. would a Dave Holmes ever get on stage for such a thing? Cause uh-huh. I know you can sing. Well, you I don't, don't, I don't do know it publicly, I but, uh, I, if I were asked, I would absolutely say yes. And then, you know, uh, have daily have a meltdown. breakdowns over it. Um, yeah, of course I would. Of course I would. I haven't thought about what I would do, but I, of course, would. Um, in the meantime, Eliza Skinner has a show at um, Permanent Records out in Glassell Park. It is called Thunder Thunday, and it's on Sunday nights. It has been monthly, and it is a thing where uh, she's got a band that's all people who play in LA talk show bands. So it's all people from like Corden and Kimmel and whatever. And, uh, and so it's like this little super group and, Mm -hmm. um, and some people come in and like do a song, uh, do like a cover or whatever, but then, um, other people who are not musicians, the assignment is you have like a month to write a song with this band and then perform it, which, uh, so she asked and I pretended that I couldn't do it. Um, and I was like, please ask again. And she did. And it just happens that like literally January and February, I could not, I was out of town for both like legit, but now I'm like, fuck, I really like, this scares me so much that it's like, I have to do it. So, uh, so if I have not, I I live right by there. I I want this to happen so badly. Have you seen anyone else do it? See, that was the thing I wanted to go last time. I've been out of town Mm. for the last couple. I was out of town for the last one. I'll be out of town for the next one. So, um, yeah, no, I haven't seen it. And I, feel, I I do sort of feel like I want to see it before I do it, but then like why? You know? Yeah. That's just that's just kicking the can down the road a month. So, I don't know. Maybe March. We'll see. We'll see. I mean, are these mostly comedians? Is it are people taking it's, how 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 earnest is are are these original songs? Well, see, that's the thing. I don't know because I haven't seen it. You don't so, know. yeah, that that is kind of my question. Is it like am right. I sort of goofing on it or like cuz I don't want to. I I would not right. have any choice but to be completely sincere with it, which is even scarier. So I don't know. We'll see. I'll keep you posted. That's why I was asking because I I feel like you you could certainly do the comedy version, but I feel like the 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 more legit version you'd be so 
good at. That is, yeah, well, we'll scarier. See. But would you love to see that? Would you do such a thing? Would I do such a thing? I I think I'd I think I'd be in doing the exact same thing you're doing. I'd want to yeah. so badly. I'd be so happy to be asked. I would. I'd also be chickening out. I'd be trying to sure. squeeze my out of it. But maybe I need to see it. That's the thing. So maybe maybe next month we see yeah. it, and then we we make our decisions based on that. Uh, yeah. But yeah, I you know I want to. It's you know you should do you should do one thing a day that scares you. Mm. And I'm and like I haven't done any, so I've got that's at this point thirty two scares that I've saved up, and this is at least seventy five. So we'll see, we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. It's only it's only Feb first, you know, twenty twenty four just began. Feb one, baby. By, by the way, were you doing your morning pages still? Where where you I'm at? Still They're, doing my morning pages. I got about halfway through the artist's way. Um, the the wheels sort of came off at the holiday break. That was true for about half the group that I did it with. Uh, so mm-hmm. we are starting again. Um, uh, I think this coming Monday, we're starting again from, uh, yeah, from, the, from the first week. And I'm going to try and really stick with it. This is what I meant to ask You're you last time we talked about the artist. Well, thank you. I might take you up on that because I finished it. And once I finished the book, I was like, well, I guess I'll put that away for a while. Move yeah, on do to it. some other little self-help things. But uh-huh. What I wanted to ask you last time we talked about this is, okay, the um, the week that of I forget what she calls it of like no media, no read, you know, no reading. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do how what 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 version of that do you do? I didn't do any version of Just it. Just simply don't do it. Yeah. I sort of ignored it. Yeah. Um, because you know, it's like reading and writing is my job. So like I kind of a little bit had to, but I, I did yeah. try to be more conscious about checking social media that week. Um, okay. I didn't which, you know, luckily the fact that Twitter is unusable and deeply unhealthy, uh, yeah. that helped. Um, sure. like I, there's, I have no use for Facebook anymore. Uh, Twitter is blocked on nearly everything. And the like one time a week now that I look at it, it's like, this is dumb. And I don't need it. Blue Sky mm. isn't bringing it. Threads isn't bringing it. Um, you know, Instagram is fine. Uh, but basically, you know, I've been forced out of social media by social media being trash. Right. It's it's helping you actually along, yeah. along your your artist way journey. Exactly. Exactly. What did you do? Did you actually abide? <laughs> I I I think I had a similar. Um, approach which just yeah. like i'm like i'm gonna do less social media this week but I, I i i really did give myself a huge pass it was like i have to read i have to write for right. for for work i have to read in bed at night to fall asleep yeah. um i yeah simply did not did not abide yeah finding a nice leaf and a and a rock on a on a walk i can do that i've been doing that yeah. um all of it is you know most of it was was uh, was good or it was like doable. Let me say there was a week about like abundance, right? Uh, uh, and it was, you know, you're supposed to like write down your spending, which I mostly, I think it probably did a, you know, B version of that, maybe, mm-hmm. B, maybe B plus, but in the B level. Um, but so talking about it in our little zoom meeting, somebody else said there, there's a thing called the entertainment fund. That's like SAG-AFTRA and the Writers Guild and whatever. Yeah, yeah. And through the entertainment fund, there are all these free financial 
basics classes. And, um, and I was, I was like, I, I probably need those classes. And so I signed up for one there. There's like, a there's sort of an intro one that you have to take. And then there are electives and whatever from there. And so I took the, uh, managing cash flow elective and it's ah. like, you know, you get these little workbooks and it's super eighth grade shit. But at the same time, it's like, I need this eighth grade shit, you know, like it's, yeah. th- these are skills that I absolutely know exist and should be cultivated, but I've never done anything about it. Um, hoping for the best has been basically my entire financial plan, my entire life. So, um, I just in the last week as part of this thing, did the exercise where you download all of your statements for the last six months and go through literally every penny that you spent and categorize it, put it, you know, all in, in various categories. And then just like, look at what it costs to be you every month and, you know, where you can cut and, you know, where like how you can put money towards debt mm-hmm. and, and that kind of thing. I had enormous, enormous emotional resistance to that. Oh yeah. As I think probably many people do. Um, but I just forced myself to do it and got through it, I guess it was Monday of this week or last week. Um, wow. it wasn't nearly, well, it wasn't as bad as I thought. It's not good, but it, it wasn't as bad as I feared. And to have overcome that emotional wall was uh that's the a good that's feeling. the victory like that's i, the I think the goal is less is less like uh, i'm gonna you, you know punish myself for spending too much at restaurants but yeah. more just like forcing yourself to look at it which is that sounds like the scary part even as you're it describing is. it i was imagined and I, I i'm my walls are up i'm like nope nope get, get yeah that like money stuff the not even money itself, but like the emotional stuff around it is so, it's just so tough. It, it it's is. like, those are the things that I think so, for me anyway, it was just like, there was just so much drama and trauma in my household around money sure. growing up that like sure. chased me through my whole life. And, you know, I'm like, I went from just being the, guy who was constantly not trying to get my car towed and to, to like a very, very like poor excuse for being a grown up for mm-hmm. a brief amount of time to marrying someone who has his shit together. And right. then you, you get to sort of hide behind that a little bit, but it's like, but the, the core issues are still a thing that I deal with in therapy that I, it's because it's like, I mean, I don't know. This is probably so boring to people. Um, but I mean, my dad was like a horrible, like degenerate gambler. And so there were oh, really? many high highs and many low lows. And, you know, my mom was in a multi-level marketing, like a like a pyramid scheme company. So again, high highs and low lows. And there was just always this like turbulence around like we've got it this month and this month we really don't got it. And yeah. um my family was just constantly riding those waves. And my parents like pretty much hated each other for my entire life for various like money related reasons. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, it, it's just, yeah, my, my, it's like my life's work is like undoing that and understanding that I am not doomed to the same fate. 
Right. Yeah, you can. Uh, you can make better choices. You know, every day is a new opportunity to to make a better choice. Yeah. And when you when you when you have the like irrefutable data about your choices in front of you, uh, it's easier to like reassess. My, yeah. um, you know, we my dad was like a an investment advisor, so like working with money was his thing. We never had a single conversation about money, um, and it's probably because I resisted it because once I started making money on my own, I think I was ashamed of how I was spending it. So <laughs> I would never like sit down and have that conversation or have any conversation that would allow him uh, or either of my brothers who went on to do the same thing into any clear view of how of like where my money was going that was mortifying to me so i just i'm sure i shut the conversation down if it ever you know started in the first place yeah uh my you know my mother was just like save some that was the full advice but then it was also like mm-hmm. if she you know found out i spent a hundred dollars on a shirt it was like instant panic you're gonna end up in the poor house and like that kind of thing it just went right to you know mm-hmm like blind panic. And so that's, you know, that's kind of where I live, but it's, uh, I don't know. It's nice. It's nice but to get do, a handle doing, on it. Yeah. What you're doing sounds so scary, but so healthy mm-hmm. and, and, and I don't know, brave and just very emotionally mature well, to do that. It, it, I, you know, I, it's, I'm, coming close to a point where it's like, I don't have a choice. So I might as well just do it. You know, uh, I will send you, and you know what? I will, I'll post it for everyone. It's a really good class to take. Um, it definitely does feel a little like something you, uh, should have learned when you were 13. Um, yeah. but we just don't do, we don't do financial literacy. Uh, and yeah. Um, so better late than ever. Is what I will say, but it may, and, and yeah, and it makes sense that you were resistant to like learning any of it from your dad because you were so clearly going to have a different career than yeah. you did, and you're an artist, and there is there. Ironically enough, like there can be a gambler's mentality around what what we do, absolutely at, when it comes to money. And like I remember when I moved to LA, and I, you know. Not long after moving here was in and being and being, you know, so broke through college in the early days after college and just scraping by was in a commercial and that those and then it was and it was in the Super Bowl and it was like, you know, you get these windfalls of cash, but you never know if this is one of many checks you're going to get or uh-huh. if this is the end of it. And of course, was spending that so irresponsibly of course. and like my mom trying to have a conversation with me about that and, 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 and me having similar resistance and and that she was like something like, well, I thought I, I thought your dad was the only gambler in the family, but now it turns out you're one too. And it was like, Oh fuck. Oh no. Oh God. It was a brutal thing to say, but she was also right in a way. And I don't know about that. I don't know about that. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, you just, the, another thing is if you have taken a, okay, so I, uh, there was a party on Tuesday night of this week for, uh, you know, David Yerman, the, uh, jewel 
the jeweler. Yeah. Um, he's got a, or they have a new collection called the vault out, uh, that is like Michael B. Jordan is like an advisor on this thing. And so there it's like all men's, uh, jewelry. Right. And Ooh. they had a launch party for it on Tuesday, which I went to cause my editor in chief couldn't make it. And it was like, okay, I can't, it was a sit down dinner for 50 people. It was at Sonder house, oh the Frank Lloyd Wright house on Franklin. And, uh, and it was like Matt Bomer, uh, was the only person I'd ever wow. met there. So I was like, my closest friend in this room is Matt Bomer. Sure. Um, uh, Barry Keoghan, Brooklyn Beckham, Janelle Monet. It was like in crazy. It was crazy. Oh star my star. God. Um, and I was terrified from start to finish, but, uh, Evan Yerman, son of David, whose collection this is said something like gave a speech that was so sincere about like when you're a creative person, your life depends on taking that step into the unknown, like into the place where nobody else can be at your side, right? Like if you're going to express yourself, you have to express yourself and you have to like pay attention to your gut and whatever criticisms come your way, come your way. And so like any creative life requires you to step forward into that space, which I was like, that's a lovely, that's a good assessment of it. To put that into this conversation, the money that's in your bank account can very easily be perceived by you as a reflection of your value as a person. Right. Yeah. Because you've you've made this step and it's like, well, there's literally uh there are numbers that don't, but like you can fool yourself into thinking there are numbers that tell me how good I am at being this thing. Right. It's there is no correlation and you know that, but it's easy to feel that. So you know and easy to feel that in when you're in a room with b- the map omers and you know brooklyn beckhams of, of well, the world that sounds I mean, insane terrifying but it's also like and if you're if your self-esteem is not super great which you know yeah. often as a young gay man you know you've been like exposed to some shitty messages about yourself for the most important years of your life it would make sense that when suddenly your bank balance shows that you have value as the thing that you are trying to be, why wouldn't you try to get rid of all yeah. of those numbers? You know, like yeah. why, why wouldn't yeah. you subconsciously try to bring it down to your value assessment of yourself? You know? Yes, yes, yes. Anyway, these are the sorts of deep thoughts about money that I am now able to have because of the entertainment fund. I really recommend it's, it. It's, it is, it is, it's a, it's a fascinating topic. Honestly, yeah. I'm, and I'm, I'm sure people will be very intrigued to hear, to hear about this. I'm also curious in the, like this dinner you're describing yeah. sounds so intimidating. Like, oh my God, especially like, I'm assuming you didn't, you didn't go with Ben. No, I'm you didn't totally go, by I mean, myself. Matt Bomer is your closest person in the room. Yes. Yeah. What is your move? It's very nice, by the way. I, uh, yeah. Um, yeah, well, I'll tell you my move. My move was so there's you know a cocktail hour, obviously. So you, you know you get in. There was a bar, got a tequila soda, and then all around the room there were cases with pieces from this jewelry collection. And so my move was to walk slowly around the room and take long looks, mm. as though I was really taking it in, 
and, you know, evaluating and appreciating it on a deep, deep level. So yeah, I definitely went, you know, from thing to thing six or seven times. Uh, and, and then I just waited to be seated. There were assigned seats. Thank God. Uh, mm-hmm. I was down, um, kind of in, in like the, in the media corner. Uh, there was a okay. right for Vogue. Um, there was, uh, across from me, uh, Brooklyn Beckham's manager who was super interesting. I would love to get him on the show. We're talking about it. Um, so w- once we were seated, there were a couple other people who had come by themselves. And they, w- once, once we're sitting down, then I'm great. Then I can like yeah, start yeah, yeah. conversations, but like walking around, it was terrifying. Um, cause I don't want to like just walk into a conversation that's already happening and introduce myself. Um, I, I, yeah, it was especially there. It was, you know, even the faces that were not recognizable were beautiful faces. So it was, uh, including it was a a tricky one. Oh no. But you know, Matt Bomer could not have been nicer. When I saw him, I I literally was like so relieved and I did go up and say hi. And he was, you know, super friendly and he, you know, um, it was, that was, Matt Bomer's a real one. Yeah, he's a sweetheart. But we knew that. Matthew, this has been lovely to catch up. So uh, highly overdue. Let's do I, this again soon. Let's absolutely do this again soon. I will. I have so many links to share with you. And listener, you there with the headphones, you as well. Um, have a great, have a great February 1st. Have a great yes. February. God bless. That is our show. Please do give us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts and follow us on Instagram at homophiliapod. Homophilia is a World of Wonder production, music by Ben Wise. Our executive producer is Renee Colvert. Our associate producer is Jess Walensky, and our audio engineer is Justin Matson. Many thanks to Michael Pressman and everyone at World of Wonder. Music.